0: Today's episode is sponsored in part by Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe alternative to heat lamps. It has no hot spots, it develops a uniform heat pattern, and has a 3-year warranty.
1: The Sweeter Heater is designed to warm the animal, not the environment, and is fully adjustable to maintain the ideal comfort level for your animals. The Sweeter Heater's soft, safe, gentle infrared radiant heat has been tested and proven by customers since 1995.
0: Go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's SweeterHeater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase.
1: Oh, hey there, Sam.
0: (laughs) Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking over there?
1: So I opened a San Pellegrino Limonado. Mmm, fancy. Yeah, I actually, I usually drink these as mixers with my drinks. I don't normally do them just by themselves. So it's good. It tastes like lemon soda.
0: (laughs) Still PG today, but this feels a little bougier.
1: It is. It's much, much bougier. (laughs) So what did you open over there?
0: So nothing as bougie as you. (laughs) It's kind of a (laughs) controversial beverage because some people do not think that Bud Light should have a seltzer. Mm. But they do now. And this one is Blue Raspberry. It's actually from the Retro Summer Pack. So in that pack, they have the Blue Raspberry, a Cherry Limeade, which is, like, just, like, Sonic Cherry Limeade. It's delicious. Like, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. (laughs) And there's, like, a Summer Ale one, too. So they have all kinds of good stuff in that. And it's pretty refreshing. And I don't care if it's basic. Because it's delicious.
1: (laughs) Hey... If you like what you're drinking, then no one else can judge you. That's all that matters.
0: (laughs) Yeah, everyone else can go take a long walk.
1: That's right. (laughs) Our drink peep this episode is our friend Elizabeth Steves, and she is Steel02 over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady.
0: Cheers. So we are coming up to the end of the month. So that means we are going to unbox our honey and rue corner uh or honey and rue box and our little honey and rue corner. so bev what was your favorite thing about the august honey and rue box
1: so my favorite thing in the box was the stationery cards that were sent they were just super super cute It talks about friends and how important friends are. And I saw them and I was just like, yes, I have a list of people that are going to get those in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. What about you? What was your favorite thing? So I
0: feel like my favorite thing was the hen-shaped paper clips. I don't know how often I'll actually use them, but I really like looking at them.
1: (laughs) They're pretty adorable. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I like them a lot.
1: (laughs) So we also got a Henny and Rue pen and the back of the pen is really cool because it's got that rubber spot on it so that you can use it on like a tablet or your cell phone. And I actually could have used that the other day because I needed to make a new signature card and I was like holding my laptop like upside down, folding the yoga lid of it, trying to like (laughs) use my finger to write my signature and it was impossible, it was a mess. Oh my gosh.
0: <laughs> well, Henny and Rudo are the rescue.
1: Yes. Yeah, so now I'm going to make a new one. <laughs> <laughs> we
0: also got a hen saddle and hen saddles. If you don't know what that is, it's basically like a little, I don't want to quite call it a cape because it doesn't like flutter in the wind, but it like goes on a hen's back to protect her back from aggressive roosters. Or it can actually cover an injury as well. So if your boy Roo has an injury, he can wear it too, even if it's a hen saddle. So those are great to have around. And I can't wait to see my cute little hens running around in it because it's that time of year or two where they're molting or they're Mm -hmm. starting to think about molting. But that doesn't slow the roosters down from doing what roosters like to do outside of crawling.
1: (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Maybe we should gender neutral that term, though, and just call it a chicken saddle.
0: Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that works, too.
1: <laughs> we also got a packet of the Happy Nest Coop bedding, and that is an additive that goes into your chicken's bedding from the Happy Flock.
0: And we also got a fantastic Treats Jumbo Chicken Treat and Feeder which my chickens always appreciate, they're never mad about that sort of thing.
1: It's true. Same with the Mm -hmm. honey and Roo 3-in-1 vitamins and electrolytes. I feel like that's one of those things that you can't have too many of this time of year. Mm -hmm. So always happy to have one of those.
0: That is the first thing I busted out when I got my meat chickens a couple weeks ago because they had a long journey. Well, it Mm -hmm. wasn't that long. It was from Ohio, I think. But it's so nice just to have that on hand. So they can be set up for success. And it does make them have, like, a fun little jolt of energy. So seeing, like, 32 meat chickens, like, run around in the coop was pretty entertaining for me, too. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And we also got a super soft feather, feet, and face brush. So if you want to groom your little chicky poos, you can do that now.
1: That's right. Which
0: is also great.
1: (laughs) And our September sneak peek is the watercolor hen scarf. And if you haven't gotten one of the Henny and Rue scarves yet, you're in for a awesome surprise because it is super cute. They're perfect for fall. They're nice and light. They punch up any outfits. I wear plain colors, so I like the exciting scarves. (laughs) So I'm really, really looking forward to that.
0: Yes, me too. And it's really pretty. You can actually see a sneak peek picture of that at Honey and Rue on Instagram if you can't wait to see it in the box. And if you're ready to commit to the September box, you can go to HoneyandRue.com and use code DRINKANDFARM and you're going to get 10% off your first box. So now it's time for our episode topic of the week yeah and Bev and I decided that it would be a great idea to have a size contest (laughs) mine's bigger (laughs) (laughs) I think yours might be just like a little bigger but I don't know mine was bigger than my head oh fact but my head might be the same size or smaller than yours I don't know
1: (laughs) it's hard to say I can't remember it's been that long since we've been in the same room so long (laughs) I'll have to figure out how to like take a picture of mine with it like right up against my chest or something so you can see it I tried not to like hold it out like a fish you know how you can like hold it in front of you like make it look bigger you're like
0: (laughs) but why your chest though that just makes it sound like it's like a Chest size contest.
1: Well, I was thinking, like, (laughs) you know, hold it up against your body, like, so that it was, like, flush, so you could, like, see torso length. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you know what, we probably should just get a ruler out. Oh yeah, that's true. That's Mine's 15 inches, so. Yeah, I
0: need to measure mine still. It's out on my porch. So for anybody that doesn't follow us on Instagram and you're like, what the hell are these ladies into? We're very much into sunflowers. So that's yes. what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> And surprise surprise according to the almanac.com 2021 is actually the year of the sunflower.
1: What? I didn't know that. That yes. explains why we had so many volunteer sunflowers here because I maybe grew like 3 dozen of them, but I've got oh my gosh, I've got so many out there. It's ridiculous. It's way more than I really actually grew.
0: <laughs> I love it. So the National Garden Bureau has designated 2021, so they're who's communicating to the sunflowers that it's their their year.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Yes. But very few plants are as heat tolerant, resistant to pests, and obviously just really pretty, as pretty as a sunflower. So sunflowers make not only an excellent cut flower, but they also attract bees and birds too. And holy smokes, have we gotten a lot of bees. And I had this beautiful, like, yellow... I don't know if it was, like, an oriole or a canary or what it was, munching away on my sunflower seeds yesterday. And I couldn't be mad about it. So they are very beneficial to the garden.
1: They are. I always end up with some volunteer sunflowers, which is always really exciting. But one of the other things that's really cool about sunflowers, too, is so you can eat the seeds or you can... Pick them young and peel the petals off, and you can grill the heads like you would, like, I don't know, like a mushroom steak Mm. or something like that.
0: (laughs) Yummy, yummy. Yeah.
1: So they're really versatile. They look pretty. They help bring pollinators. They attract birds. And, you know, like the birds can be really helpful because they can eat some of the less than beneficial insects. I mean, they'll also eat the Mm -hmm. beneficial insects because they're non discriminatory (laughs) pest eaters.
0: (laughs) Yes. They are. So
1: the sunflower's scientific name is actually, or Latin name, is the Helianthus anus. I think I pronounced that right. Anus anus. That sounds better.
0: Well, it looks like (laughs) Enos. That's how it looks, but I'm guessing that's not how you say it. So I'm going to go with, you probably said it right.
1: Yeah, I (laughs) think so, too. And it's an annual plant. So they grow in the spring. They die back after the first fall, they're gone all winter, and then they need new seeds to come back. They don't grow back from their old root stock, basically is what it means to be an annual. But that doesn't mean that they won't just randomly pop up because they have lots of seeds. So they if you have a patch where they drop all over the place, some of those seeds are gonna survive the winter and you're gonna end up with volunteer sunflowers. That's just the way that they work, Woo-hoo. which is exciting. Yes. <laughs> they have a large daisy-like flower face, and their scientific name actually comes from the Greek words helios, which means sun, and anthos, which means flower. Yes. And you might not know that these flowers
0: actually come in many colors. So, in a lot of like regular things that you see, a lot of the times you just see the yellow ones, but they can be red, orange, maroon, brown. They come in different shapes and sizes. But the common ones are the bright yellow with brown centers, and they ripen into very heavy heads that kind of drip over, and they're filled with seeds. So sunflowers are what is known as heliotropic, which means that they turn their flowers to the movement of the sun across the sky east to west and then return at face, or returns at night to face the east, ready for the morning sun again. Heliotropism happens during the earlier stages during the flowers, before the flower grows heavy with the seeds. So I've noticed this year, this is my first year really growing sunflowers. Like they do that and it's really neat. And I've like pointed it out and explained it to my husband and he's like, oh yeah, neat. But I'm super fascinated by it. But now that a lot of them are open, they just kind of stay stationary. So that is a really neat thing to like show your kiddos or other newbie gardeners, maybe not so much your partner if they're not into the gardening (laughs) thing, but (laughs) I was nerding out. Yeah,
1: I think it's super cool. And that's one of the reasons why I like growing some of the smaller varieties of sunflowers, the ones that have the one stalk with like the dozens of flowers Mm. coming off of it. Because all those small ones will track the sun. When you've got like a big mammoth sunflower, they get heavy real fast. So they don't track the sun quite like the other ones do. Like the other ones are super obvious. Like, in fact, we had someone take some senior photos here this year and she really wanted a photo with the sunflowers. So we were calculating where the sun, what direction the sunflowers were going to be facing during her photos mm. so that we could figure out, like, how to set up where, you know, she should take those photos. That so was really neat. <laughs> cool. Very cool.
0: So like Bev was saying, there are a ton of varieties. So you have the branching ones that kind of blow up and go all over the place. My autumn beauties are like that, and they're just so fun to just stare at. And then you have the single stems, which are most likely those, like, mammoth varieties. <laughs> like, they're freaking huge. They're the ones where you're having a size contest over. But all <laughs> of them produce ample pollen for pollinators. But there are some pollen-free ones as well. And those are apparently very good for bouquets. And they stay oh. small. And they're a little easier to deal with. Like, I can't imagine trying to make a mammoth <laughs> sunflower cut flower. <laughs> I mean, you probably could, but... That would be your bouquet. Just one big ass sunflower.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't know what your experience has been, but I've actually found that the mammoth varieties, they don't look as pretty as the smaller ones. So if like Mm -hmm. looks in the garden or what you're really going for and longevity, The smaller varieties of sunflowers seem to just do better at that. Mm -hmm. The big ones, I feel like they bloom. I saw petals for a day, if that. And then they got really ugly, really fast. But I left them because, (laughs) you know, birds, bees, all of those things. Yes, (laughs) yes. I would
0: say bang for your buck. If your plan is to have edible seeds, definitely Mm -hmm. those big ends. But if it's for just pretty... But still get some seeds out of the deal. Definitely look at the smaller varieties.
1: Yeah. And if you go with those ones that aren't pollenless, just be warned that when you cut them and put them in vases inside the house, they dump pollen everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Like all over the counter, all over the table, all over the floor. It's everywhere. (laughs) Pollen for days. Yeah. So sunflowers are fairly fast-growing flowers for their size. And most of them actually mature in about 80 to 95 days, which is good if you don't have a super long summer because they are heat-loving flowers. So it means you can pretty much grow sunflowers in most of the zones. The largest sunflower varieties actually can grow to like 16 feet in height. And smaller ones are made for smaller spaces. And some of them can even only get, like, a foot tall. So you've got, like, all the sizes. You don't have to go for the giant size contest like Sam and I did this year. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun. <laughs> the flower heads can reach over 12 inches with the larger seeded varieties. And we know that they can get to 15 inches because I've got one that's 15 inches. I should have... Checked what the world record is for a sunflower head. I'm sure it's gigantic. (laughs) I I mean, mine is not anywhere near that. But man, when I saw that and picked it up, I was like, holy cow, this is a big sunflower. So if you're looking for some recommended varieties,
0: definitely the towering mammoth that we keep talking about is a lot of fun. They can grow up to like 12 feet tall. I think that's probably what mine was about at because it was huge. You have the autumn beauties, which I mentioned. They're about a six inch flower, so they're smaller. And they're like yellow, bronze, mahogany. And the branching system is about up to seven feet tall. But I'm pretty sure I have one out there that is at least 12 feet tall, maybe a little taller. It's freaking huge. But I would describe that one kind of as almost like a firework show, like a very slow firework show because it's like you get one and then they just keep coming and coming and coming and coming and they're all over the place and then they die off at different times. So if you want that longevity in your garden, definitely look at that variety versus the mammoth because like you were saying, like it just kind of... (laughs) And mm-hmm. then it's done, and then you cut it down, and you're good to go.
1: <laughs> some of the other varieties are, like, I've got some Russian ones out there, and those are kind of cool because they've mm-hmm. got, like, how do I describe them? They kind of look like pom-poms. Like, they're, their petals are just, like, really raggedy, but that's by design. And those are super cool. Um, and they're not as tall. They're probably only, like, five feet tall because they're shorter than I am. There's also the sunrich gold which are great flowers for bouquets and teddy bears they only get to be like 2 to 3 feet tall So those are nice, like, tiny ones. Those are perfect for containers. And the Sunspot Dwarf is another one that's really good for containers. Mm, mm -hmm. And I did some specialty ones this year. I did one called White Night, and that was spelled N-I-T-E, and the petals were all totally white, and the centers were, like, a really dark brown, and those looked really cool. I don't think I got any good photos of those open, though, because they didn't stay that way for very long, so... okay. Maybe that was just the conditions in my garden. The ones that did the best were the ruby eclipses. Those had color and looked beautiful for so much of the season. It was crazy. And I got those ones from Florette. So I'll be sure to link in the show notes to those ones because those ones were kind of special. But I'm pretty sure they're a hybrid. So I don't think the seeds are going to breed true. But Uh, I'm going to give it a try anyways because, you know, (laughs) I've got to. Why not? Yeah. My
0: Pet Chicken's mission is to make life easy and fun for urban and backyard chicken owners with our line of products, free information, tools, and resources. And do they ever deliver?
1: You can mix and match a wide variety of chicken breeds in your order. If you're not sure which chickens are right for you, there's a handy Pick a Chicken Breed Selector tool. They also sell goslings and ducklings if you want to add some waddling additions to your farm.
0: There's a wealth of information on the website to support you as a chicken keeper, too. Go to mypetchicken.com slash farm to put in your poultry order. That link lets them know that we sent you, and it's also a great way to support our podcast while fulfilling all of your poultry addiction needs. All right, so really quick, we'll go over the when and where for planting your sunflowers. If you're interested in giving that a shot next year because I know I'm already planning next year in my head <laughs> so mm-hmm. I can't be the only one <laughs> so it's best to sow sunflower seeds directly into the garden or outdoor containers after the danger of your spring frost depending on your zone so you want that to be after the frost and the soil being about 50 degrees fahrenheit in most regions this will fall between April and mid-July and in the south this will probably occur mid-March or early April. Sunflowers dislike having their roots disturbed which is why it's recommended to just direct. So you can transplant. I tried to start some in the house and then I neglected them. So they never made it outside. So everything (laughs) I did was direct. So, and it worked out great this year. Oh, awesome. Make sure you find a very sunny spot for them because they grow their best when they have direct sunlight between six to eight hours per day and they require a long, hot summer to flower well. So maybe that's why my autumn beauties have gotten so tall. It's because it's been like hot as balls
1: here. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, it has. It's been super hot. I want to go back to the transplanting really quick because I transplanted ours using peat pellets and soil blocks, and those did really well because both of those methods don't really require disturbing the roots. You can just, you know, like pick the oh, peat pellet up yeah. or pull the soil block out of the tray, and those worked well. But I've tried to do them in pots, and they did not like that. I tended to end up with some sort of oh. stem rot. So I'm wondering if maybe it's like a transplanting error you know you like accidentally pull too much soil up and then it rots <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: huh. interesting so that's good another yeah. thing to try
1: you also want
0: to choose a location with well-draining soil you don't want to put it in a spot where it's gonna flood after it rains and just kind of hang out not good for the sunflower sunflowers aren't actually picky but the soil can't be too compact they have very long tape roots that need to stretch out. In preparing your bed for them, dig down two feet in depth and about three feet across. So lots of hard work there to get the pretty, pretty sunflowers, but totally worth it. Yep. They're also not too fussy when it comes to soil pH either. Sunflowers thrive in slightly acidic to somewhat alkaline soil, so you want a pH between about six and 7.5
1: and you can get a soil ph tester if you're not sure what your soils ph is it's got like two little prongs on it super cheap from amazon we'll throw a link to one of those in the show notes too
0: (laughs) perfect and sunflowers are very hungry they are heavy feeders Mm. so you want your soil to be nutrient rich with organic matter or composted manure Work in a slow-release granular fertilizer eight inches deep into your soil. And if possible, plant sunflowers in a spot that is sheltered from strong winds, perhaps along a fence or near a building. And even if you do that, the wind can totally kick your sunflower's butts. That did happen to me with one
1: (laughs) this year. Yeah, it's happened to me with a few. Yeah. (laughs) So
0: that will happen. So that just means you need to plant a lot because you will be disappointed when the wind takes out a couple And be you'll be super super sad when it happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yes.
0: And then before planting, decide whether or not you want to grow a fun sunflower tower. I don't really know what a sunflower tower is, but this almanac.com article speaks of it.
1: (laughs) I'm wondering if a sunflower tower is like using the sunflower. To let something else climb up it. So kind of like the three sisters garden bed, you can plant the pole beans at the base of the sunflowers and then the pole beans will climb up them. And yeah, so that's what we're going to go with. We're probably wrong. Yeah.
0: I googled it and it's not coming up right away, so we're just going to go with that because that is a thing.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a thing. So to plant your sunflower seeds, you want to make sure that they're about one to one and a half inches deep and about six inches apart after the soil is warm enough for planting. And if you wish, you can plant multiple seeds per hole and just thin them to the strongest flowers. It's actually a really good recommendation because not all seeds are going to germinate and thrive. So if you want to make sure that you've got a sunflower in that spot, you definitely want to do multiples. And sunflower sprouts are edible. So my favorite thing to do mm. is to thin. I use those as microgreens, sort of. <laughs> just like throw them in salads, they're delicious. Uh, be sure that you give your sunflowers plenty of room, especially for the shorter varieties because those ones branch out and create lots of flowers. So when you're looking at your empty garden, you're going to be like, I have all this room. I can plant all of these yeah. teeny tiny plants and they're not going to take up any space whatsoever. And then they grow up and oh my gosh, like everything is crowding into each other and you got stuff being smashed and there's no room for airflow. So give them space. They need space. Mm-hmm. And in fact, some of them you might want to make them about 30 inches apart, which is yes. Like that's pretty far. <laughs> so yeah. You wanna make sure that you do fertilize your sunflowers like Sam already mentioned. If you put some in at planting time, they'll grow really strong. And if you stagger your plantings, then you'll always be in fresh sunflowers ready for cutting or enjoying. So if you plant them all at once, expect to see a dead patch of sunflowers out there, eventually. (laughs) If you succession plant them, then you can have sunflowers all summer and it'll be lovely. And if you see birds scratching around for the seeds, you can put netting over that area until the seeds germinate. So that way you can actually get some sunflowers because sometimes with the direct sown stuff, the birds will come and take the seeds and then you'll wait for like 10 days. And they're like, where's my sunflower? Why didn't it come up? And it's because the birds ate it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: So caring for sunflowers is super easy. While the plant is small, you'll just water around the root zone, which is about three to four inches from the plant to protect the plant. It's not a bad idea to put snail or slug bait around the stem. I didn't do that. Maybe I just got lucky this year. I don't know. Once the plant is established, water deeply through through infrequently to encourage deep rooting so unless the weather is exceptionally wet or dry, water once a week with several gallons of water. You want to feed the plants only sparingly because over-fertilization can cause stems to break in the fall. You can add diluted fertilizer into the water, through though avoid getting the fertilizer near the plant's base. It may help to build a moat. <laughs> don't know why that word looks so weird Uh, but I guess I've never really thought to build a moat but you can build a moat in a circle around the plant about 18 inches out tall species and cultivators require support bamboo stakes fences like we mentioned are a good idea I didn't do any of that aside from water and they were fine so it's just probably really dependent on your setup your soil your weather conditions um don't feel like you have to do all of those things to successfully grow sunflowers, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, really, my advice for growing sunflowers is throw some seeds out there and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Like, if you get some flowers, then great. Like, you just got beauty without having to put in a ton of work. I think a lot of this advice is really for, like, people who want to, like, intensely plant sunflowers. Mm-hmm. Like, and make sure that they actually have them. So I'm thinking, like flower farmers, or if you want to create a field for photographers to use, stuff like that, like, you've got money on the line for having good sunflowers. So you want to make sure that you do everything perfectly so you have a chance of getting some. And that yes. makes sense. I mean, I can totally understand that.
0: <laughs> Go build you some moats. <laughs> yeah,
1: sunflower <laughs> moats. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'd vote that moat. That sounded weird. Oh, well. <laughs>
0: whatever moats your boat exactly okay I'm done
1: (laughs) (laughs) so sunflowers are not exempt from having pests and diseases get to them birds and squirrels really like to eat the seeds so if you're going to use the seeds you can deter critters from eating them by like you can cover the sunflower heads with organza bags or something like that to keep them from being able to get to the seeds. Something else you can do is just harvest them early. That's fine too and let them dry. That's not going to be a big deal just as long as the seeds are actually you know formed. If you have deer you want to keep them away best way to do that is with fencing. Nothing else seems to work with the deer because curious deer will totally eat the heads of the small sunflowers or they'll take all the seeds. And sunflowers are actually pretty insect free. I mean, at least insects that damage them. They seem to be full of bees and fun little pollinator things, but I don't really notice any beetles or anything yucky on them. There's like a small gray moth that will sometimes lay its eggs in the blossoms. But if you just pick the worms out, you know, no harm, no foul. But downy mildew, rust, and powdery mildew can affect the plants. And if fungal diseases are spotted early, you can spray them with a garden fungicide, and that'll take care of them. The other thing that we always have in our garden arsenal that takes care of powdery mildew is for Saturday lime. Rub that anywhere where you see the mildew, and it breaks up the fungus's life cycle. So that helps disrupt it. So all right
0: well now that we got past the moat building and the fungus uh let's talk about the fun part which is harvesting there are really two major things that you can do yay indeed and the first one is cutting sunflowers for bouquets so for indoor bouquets cut the main stem just before its flower bud has a chance to open this is gonna encourage side blooms and you cut stems early in the morning harvesting flowers during the middle of the day can lead to flowers wilting make sure you're very gentle when you're doing this too the flowers should last at least a week in water at room temperature if they're handled with care and you can arrange sunflowers in a tall container that provide good support to their heavy heads and it's a good idea to change the water every day to keep them fresh
1: yeah, otherwise you get that yucky stuff in the water. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and then the other fun part is harvesting the sunflower seeds. So yes! Bev, I feel like I feel like you've done this before. I have not done it all the way through to completion. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: So we've done it a few times. Some of it has just kind of been by happy accident because we saw them out there and we decided to harvest them. Some of them have been intentional, like with that 15 incher. But basically what I do is I wait until the sunflower head is drooping, has its sad little head facing the ground. The listeners can't see this, but the YouTubers can. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Once
1: it gets to that point, you can harvest it then or you can wait until the back of the sunflower turns totally brown. But as long as it's drooping, the petals are dry, you should be good. You can flip the head up just a little bit to check the seeds. If the seeds are nice and plump, then go ahead and chop it off. Give it a few inches that you've got something to tie twine to, and then you can tie it up in the barn or the garage or your basement or heck, inside your house if you're into that just to let it dry because you want it to have air circulation so that's why you want to be able to hang it or if it's dry all the way you can just cut the head off and you can pop the seeds straight out but it is really important that you wait until it is completely dry to harvest the seeds otherwise while you're pulling the seeds out you'll end up kind of tearing them apart and you want to make sure that the seeds are fully formed before you pull the head because they won't form anymore once you've cut the stem they don't like keep growing while they're hanging in your (laughs) barn or wherever (laughs) so make sure your seeds are plump and full and ready and you can harvest and dry them and save them and I actually usually leave it as like a whole head and then just like cut pie slices or when I'm ready to plant I break it all out then but I don't normally, like, separate the seeds from the sunflower head until I'm just about ready to use More or package them. Yeah. Like, when we did the sunflower seeds for the Drink and Farm Patreons, because we did some sunflower seeds that I had harvested as one of the gifts, I pulled those out of that sunflower head, I think, that day that I packaged them out. I just pulled the sunflower oh. head in from the garage, broke it open, and pulled all the seeds out. You know, like, separate the chaff and stuff, but... That's usually not too big of a deal.
0: So there you go. You guys know yeah. all you need to know at this point for the harvesting piece.
1: Yep. Yeah. And you can uh, roast those sunflower seeds too. You don't have to save them for planting. So you put some oil mm-hmm. on them. Salt and pepper. Throw them in the oven. That'll do it. <laughs> Ta-da. Ta-da. <laughs> I usually like to just plant mine though. I find that they're really labor intensive for eating. But maybe that's just my... humble opinion. (laughs) (laughs) We only pick sponsors that we love and are passionate about. So working with Grubly Farms is a no-brainer for us. Grubly Farms is on a mission to bring pets healthier, sustainable foods. And with their farm-fresh ingredients that give love to the earth, they are working to transform how we feed our pets while doing great things for the globe.
0: Grubly Farms' sustainably grown black soldier fly grubs, aka grubblies, are a superfood for pets and a superhero for the planet. Each time you buy a bag of grubblies, you're making an impact by supporting a small business that works to lighten the load on landfills, since their grubs love food waste. Provide relief to the oceans by subbing in bug protein instead of fish meal. And giving trees a break by preventing millions of pounds of carbon from entering Earth's atmosphere by letting little grub bugs eat up our leftovers.
1: And did you know that when you buy a bag of Grubbly Farms Little Pecks, those little black soldier fly grubs you're about to give your poultry worked hard to recycle 42 pounds of food waste and protected 12 pounds of fish?
0: So get all of the grubbly Farms products delivered to your door. Go to grubblyfarms.com and use code DRINKINFARM25 to get 25% off your first order for this month, August 2021 only. So now it's time for We Can't Even Corner. Yay! Bev,
1: do you Yay. have something
0: you, you can't even about today?
1: Yes, I can't even that we're recording an episode and I can see you. Hi. I know, <laughs> so weird.
0: It's like, what do I look at? Do I look at the show notes? Do I look at my my pretty friend over there? Like, what do I look at?
1: <laughs> I know. I look forward to seeing this on YouTube because I'm kind of wondering. Like, I so I already know that I fidget a lot. So I'm sure that on videos, that's <laughs> so like super obvious now. But it is, it's hard to tell like where to look. Do I look at the camera or do I look at CM or do I look at the show notes? Oh my gosh. This is really good. We just like, we had a day today actually where we just like dropped a bomb on everything that we did. (laughs) Just like changed it all.
0: (laughs) We just decided to have an upheaval of everything we've been doing for the past like three years. Yeah. (laughs) It's like we're like F it. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, it's time though to, you know, like upgrade the way that you do things and do things a little differently and like mix things up. And I don't know. I think this is fun. It kind of gives it a nice refresh.
0: (laughs) I agree. And it is nice to see your face, especially since I haven't seen it in person in like two years.
1: (sighs) Yeah, it's been a really long time. Yeah, Yeah. COVID can
0: suck it. Yep.
1: (laughs) Hopefully that goes away soon. (laughs) So what is your can't
0: even this week? So mine is a CNBC article. So the article's title pretty much says it all. And that's this 26-year-old makes $80,000 a year sharing sheep, llamas, and alpacas in Texas.
1: I mean, that's hard work, so... Yeah,
0: but they're projected to make between eighty dollars to $120,000 this year. And you're probably like, wow, that's a lot of money. And it is, but they're servicing 575 farms, her and her partner. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is a lot. But in the article, it does say when she was 14 years old, she made $5 a head. And at her first farm, she made $35. And that took her a half day. So oh I imagine she's a little more efficient these days and maybe has the tools to do things a little quicker, but that's pretty awesome yeah. that they started out when they were 14 years old and now she's 26 and she's making really good money. But you're right. That is a very big hustle for sure. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of labor. It's a lot Mm -hmm. of unknowns showing up to farms. You know, like I'm sure that you get some repeat clients so then you can like feel comfortable and you like know some of the animals you're sharing. But getting into like doing work on other people's farms would be a tough thing to get into. But I'm glad that you found that can't even though, because it's good to tell people that there are jobs out there that aren't like normal nine to five Mm -hmm. sit at your desk jobs that pay well and provide a service and are really needed. Like I would love to have somebody come here and trim the goat's hooves. And in fact, I did talk to somebody that was willing to do that, but then they wanted to charge me like a dollar per mile or something like that to travel here. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I have a farrier that travels here to trim the donkeys and he doesn't charge me anything for mileage he just includes it in the cost so like by the time I added it up for like two hours worth of work it was, plus a half hour of driving it was it was a crazy hourly rate like I was like no I I won't I can't do that <laughs> like it just yeah it, it's not worth it for me maybe for somebody else or maybe if somebody was closer, but it was really the dollar per mile that killed me
0: because <laughs> I had yeah. to pay
1: it there and back. So it was oh. like the cost of five goats just to do that farm.
0: Well, with the way it gas is right now? I mean, <laughs> I can't really blame that person either, but you're right. You do have to weigh out the options for yourself and what's best for you and your farm. And, you know, we both know how to do that with, our goats, but it's a pain in the butt.
1: So sometimes yeah. it's easier
0: to throw money at it if if it makes sense and works out.
1: Yep. And if I had sheep here, I would pay someone to come oh, and shear the yeah. sheep because that also creates like a product <laughs> that you can sell at the ends. Whereas like with the goats, like that's just like a maintenance thing, <laughs> and they need yes. it every eight weeks. So <laughs> yeah.
0: Ugh. <sighs> All right. So make sure you send us your can't evens. You can do that by joining our Facebook group. If you're not already in it, it's we drink and we farm things and you'll just answer a couple questions. We'll probably let you in as long as you're answering them. (laughs) Yeah. And then you can drop your can't evens that you find just do hashtag can't even in the description so we can easily find it because we do like to share those over on our mini. So
1: it's and be sure and leave us a review we read one Apple podcast review a week here on the show and then at the end of the month we draw a name out of a hat from the reviews that we read and one person wins an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop so
0: we do have one review this week from Becky Mayhem Myers I like Ooh. that middle name I hope mm-hmm. that's your real middle name that is a strong choice. If It is. I love it. <laughs> Bev, do you want to read this week's review from Becky Mayhem?
1: Sure. So she says, you are an inspiration. I love this podcast. It really inspired me to step out of my comfort zone and try a few different things. A greenhouse, compost bin, and a worm farm. I'm sure this is only the beginning. LOL. <laughs> I look forward to every episode. Thanks so much, Bev and Sam, for sharing all your ups and downs, your mistakes, fails, laughs, and all the great things that have come out of your experiences. You are welcome.
0: Yes. And thanks for listening. So we're not just talking to each other, which would be fine. But (laughs) (laughs) we've
1: always said we would still do this if we were just talking to each other.
0: All right, so wrapping up today, just a few housekeeping items. We do still have that newish series over on our Patreon called Straight No Chaser. This is available to all of our patrons at the $5 level or above. So for more information on that, go to patreon.com slash drink and farm. This is a great way to support the podcast. You get a little something something from us that's exclusive. And it's a great way to support us because this is not free. But we really like doing it. Obviously, we like talking to each other.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be sure and hit the follow button and download the episode when you listen. It helps more people like you find us. And if you're watching this on YouTube, I think I'm supposed to tell you to smash that follow button and hit that bell. I don't know. I don't know all the kids. Terms, but
0: I think it's a subscribe button still, though. I think it still says subscribe, but there could be lingo that we're not privy to because we're total noobs on the youtube world so somebody can comment and let us know
1: i just know that you're supposed to smash something all i know it's smash that's what my son says smash that button whatever it is
0: <laughs> <laughs> so just like enthusiastically click the subscribe button there we go because <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 what millennials i'm a millennial you're not
1: uh, I'm a millennial, just barely. I'm like, are you? The, yeah, I'm like the last year for it. <laughs> you're
0: like the elder millennial.
1: <laughs> I'm an elder millennial, yes. I shall only go by elder millennial from here on out.
0: <laughs> I kind of like that.
1: I do too. I like it. All right. And if you're listening
0: to this either on YouTube or on your favorite podcast player, let people on your Instagram know. And tag us in that story at drink and farm because we're gonna send you a promo code just for that episode that'll give you a percentage off in our merch shop.
1: Make sure you take a look at the show notes. You'll find links to the article that we discussed today all about sunflowers, links to the different things that we talked about in the middle of that, and a link to our merch shop, social media, all of the good stuff. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So I guess until next time, drink. Farm.
0: And, and give,
1: give zero love.
0: clucks. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. We drink things, we farm things. We drink and farm things.